It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Did the Dodgers leave their heart in San Francisco? Why not the Ravens in the AFC? Plus, was it a concerning win for the Cowboys? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. For the second straight night, the Atlanta Braves walk off the L.A. Dodgers, this time in a 5-4 win on Sunday night. They take a 2-0 lead in the National League Championship Series. Joining me now from Locked On Dodgers, Jeff Snyder. And Jeff, as the series now turns to L.A., are you looking at these first two games like, okay, these were nip-and-tuck games that come down to the last at-bats and these can now turn in L.A.? Are you going... Man, how did this happen? This is a 100-win team. Uh, one of each. Uh, <laughs> okay. Game game one, it was, you know, a bullpen game against the, the Braves' best pitcher. It's, you know, it's one of those games where, yeah, you'd love to steal that game. But, you know, kind of the goal, uh, it, you're happy enough if you split the first two games in Atlanta, you know? Steal home field advantage, blah, blah, blah. Max Scherzer going against Ian Anderson and Ian Anderson only lasting a couple innings and blowing two leads in game two. Uh, no, that's a game that, that there's no silver lining to that. There's no sugarcoating it. That one just sucked. So I do think it raises some new questions, though, about and this is something you and I have talked about um, and and I that I have talked to our Locked On Giants host about this this playoff format, because the Dodgers won not just a few more games, significantly more games than Atlanta. If this had been a straight seating, for example, these first two games would be in LA and Atlanta would, by definition, not be able to walk these games off. Yeah, that that's true. Um, ultimately, the, the Dodgers got nine innings and the Braves got nine innings and the Braves scored five runs and the Dodgers scored four. It, it is what it is. I don't, obviously, I don't like it, but uh, I also don't know that there's an easy solution because, you know, you do want to put value on, you know, if the Dodgers hadn't, if they had known the last three weeks of the season that they already had home field advantage locked up, uh, if they got past the Giants, it would have reduced some of the urgency to win the division, would have changed the way they played. You know, having that urgency on winning the division, I think, is overall a positive thing, even though it does look kind of ridiculous to have the Dodgers being the road team against a team that didn't win nearly as many games as them in a much weaker division. Uh, But, you know, I I don't think there's an easy alternative. This is why we like sports, right? Because by all accounts and by, by talent and by 
uh, Q score. The Dodgers are the better team, and yet they are now down 2-0 in this series. I, I, get- I just got to disagree. Everything about the last two days is why we hate sports, just so you know. <laughs> okay, 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 fair. Uh <laughs> In order to change this, in order to get back on track, other than don't give up runs in the ninth inning to Atlanta, how can the Dodgers get back in this series? Yeah, the Dodgers aren't going to come back from down three to one this time. They need to win the next few games. They they basically need to win all three games at home and and really turn things on. And you know the offense has to hit better with runners in scoring position. And you know in in a perfect world. Uh, Dave Roberts would use his relievers in relief instead of his starters. You know, uh, the offense just stepped up with runners in scoring position constantly. They set records for most two out runs, blah, 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 all that stuff. And the offense isn't doing that right now. You know, overall, the offense just needs to drive in the guys when they get on base. Thanks for making Locked On your first listen of the day. Coming up, why not the Ravens in the AFC? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. No, Russell Wilson should have meant an easy night for the Steelers, right? Well, not so much. The Pittsburgh Steelers find a way to win an ugly game at Heinz Field in Sunday Night Football, but do so winning in overtime 23-20 over the Seattle Seahawks. Big players get paid to make big plays in big games. Not that the Seattle Seahawks themselves were, the placement of that game was huge. It gets the Steelers back to 3-3, headed into the bye week, and T.J. Watt was that big player. He finishes officially with seven tackles, two sacks, three tackles for loss, three passes defense, and the forced fumble that gave the Steelers the ball in overtime to get them a Chris Boswell field goal that won them the game. There were a lot of problems on the field, sure, yes, but this is a young Steelers team with young playmakers on it, and T.J. Watt was right at the head of all of the playmakers in this game. We're going to break down a lot more on how this game was won, but where are the places that you're scared about the Steelers? We'll talk about what went wrong and almost flipped the game against them, against the Seahawks, right on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Tune in. The Browns were favorites hosting the Cardinals. That did not go the way they hoped. Stop sleeping on the Arizona Cardinals. They absolutely just blew the doors off the Cleveland Browns 37-14 to improve to 6-0, remaining the only undefeated team in the NFL, keeping that champagne on ice from the 72 Dolphins. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. Alex, who stepped up the most for the Arizona Cardinals with so many absences across this roster to continue the unbeaten streak? I mean, the hodgepodge conglomerate of coaches that took over for head coach of Kingsbury. You got to start with the top. You know, the play calling was great. There was the early play call, the delayed handoff. I think there was a check at the line from Kyler that sprung Chase Edmonds early on in this game, and that was it. Like, that was it. They turned over Baker a couple times. J.J. Watt was great in the backfield. Jordan Jordan Hicks had two sacks. Like, this was a, quote, team effort. 
when you when your quarterback's not there, when your best pass rusher, arguably Chandler Jones, isn't there, when the best offseason acquisition you've had, Roddy Hudson, isn't there. It's a team effort. They blew they blew the doors off a team that almost went to the AFC Championship game last year. One of the greatest, although recently lopsided rivalries, the Packers and the Bears. And as Aaron Rodgers said to the crowd after he scored the game-sealing touchdown, I still own you. The Packers win 24-14. to Rodgers tosses two touchdown passes and rushes for another in a game that was horribly officiated, but a game in which the Packers clearly outplayed Chicago in a game that was for first place in the NFC North. The Packers now sit 5-1. and one. The Bears at 3-3. Three and three. Ed Orgeron said he had a great run and has no regrets as he prepares to finish his final season as coach at LSU. Orgeron and the university said Sunday that he will step aside after the season, an announcement that came less than 24 hours after the Tigers upset number 20 Florida to improve to 4-3. and three. As part of the agreement, LSU will pay Orgeron the remaining almost $17 million on his contract. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. Week six isn't quite over yet, but let's look ahead to week seven. The Arizona Cardinals stayed undefeated, and the respect is starting to come. The betonline.ag line for this game has the Cardinals giving 16 to the Houston Texans. The next largest point spread heading into the week, the Rams are giving 14 and a half to the Lions after their blowout win against the Giants. Plus, another potential blowout on the horizon, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Chicago Bears, Tampa Bay, 10-point favorites in that one, according to betonline.ag. For all your gambling needs, betonline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to get that promotion. Here is another story you need to know. To start the season, Lamar Jackson has carried the Baltimore Ravens, but on Sunday in a marquee matchup with the L.A. Chargers, it was the defense that held Justin Herbert and the high-flying Chargers to just six points, and the Ravens get the win 34-6. to Joining me now from Locked on Ravens, Kevin Ostriker. And Kevin, uh, we, we did still see the Lamar Jackson show, but this was a defensive performance, probably as good as any we've seen so far this season. How were they able to do it? Yeah, well, I think a lot of people, Peter, heading into this game were not expecting what this was for this Ravens defense. I mean, the Baltimore defense limited the Los Angeles offense to 4.4 yards per pass, 2.2 yards per rush. So this was an all-around effort in stopping a high-flying Chargers offense that not only has Justin Herbert, but Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler and Mike Williams and all those guys. So they just they rallied to the football. Not as many missed tackles in this game. It was actually a pretty good performance there. Not, not a lot of people thought that this would be the game where the defense would finally step it up and say, hey, you know, we're back. But they defied the odds once again. This team is 5-1. and one. The defense looks to be back on track now. Hopefully they can continue that momentum as they head into Week 7 against the now second-place Cincinnati Bengals in that AFC North. You mentioned the, the Cincinnati Bengals. They are now seemingly in control of this division. The Browns have their issues in Week 6 as well. But let's zoom out for a second. In the AFC, the Chiefs do not look like the same sort of bulletproof Chiefs that that we have seen in recent years. I know the Bills have been playing really good football, but why not the Ravens in the AFC this year? 
Yeah, why not? Why not the Ravens? And I know a lot of people kind of attribute it to their injuries and what they've gone through with losing J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and Marcus Peterson, etc. They've gone through quite a bit in that regard, and I think it kind of lowered some people's expectations in terms of just how far this team could go. I don't think anybody really doubted their ability to make the playoffs and be a contender, but what we saw in Week 6, and honestly throughout these first six weeks in general, is that this team is just resilient. They're as resilient as they are. And this is honestly one of the more resilient Baltimore Ravens teams that we've seen overall, just because of with losing Dobbins and Edwards, you bring in Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell, Devonta Freeman with Marcus Peters and his loss. Anthony Averett steps up, Chuck Clark as well. So they're getting contributions from everywhere. They're also starting to get healthy. They got Rashad Bateman back this week. Hopefully Nick Boyle, Ronnie Stanley, Sammy Watkins, and those guys are on the way soon. So they're just getting healthier and they're performing at a high level each and every week. They could be 6-0 and right now. You could argue they could be with a losing record also. But regardless, 5-1 and with all they've been through, I'd say is really good. So I still think the big four in the AFC is Baltimore, Buffalo, Cleveland, Kansas City, no particular order. But I think Baltimore's asserted themselves as a true contender this season. Coming up, was it concerning the way the Cowboys won? Our cue of the day is next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the number one protein bar I have ever tried. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Right now, they have a limited time flavor, the cookie dough chunk. Get it before it sells out. It is the truth. And, and what Built Bar does incredibly well is the texture and the flavor. I've never experienced anything like what Built Bar is able to bring to bear on, on the, the protein bar market because the flavors, obviously, you, you see salted caramel, you see peanut butter brownie, you see double chocolate, you see coconut almond, you go, okay, but it's a protein bar, right? Yeah, no, it's a built bar. They're high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, and low in sugar, and yet they taste like something that is much, much, much worse for you. I don't know how they do it. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. I think that has a big part of it, but they're able to keep that those macros in place and still give you something that is delicious. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day. Never it out for the Dallas Cowboys, right? They go out and they get a win in overtime, 35 to 29 against the New England Patriots, a game that looked like each team had won it and lost it a number of different times. If you are a fan of either of these teams, you were like the players on the sideline who needed the oxygen at the end there. Joining me now from Locked On Cowboys, Landon McCool. And Landon, uh, this this offense continues to roll, but this is really the first time that we've seen real signs of weakness from this defense. How concerned are you about what you saw from this defense in this game? 
I'm actually not too shocked by what I saw from that defense. I mean, this is kind of what we anticipated for a, a little bit of this defense to look like going into the season. And especially when you consider, you know, the loss of Demarcus Lawrence early in the season and, and several other starters, uh, you know, there were concerns that this defense would look like this all the time. So uh, I'm not terribly shocked. I, I, I think honestly, you know, the, 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 the turnovers are what's bowing this defense to a large degree, and they need to continue at the turnover pace in order to kind of continue to be a decent defense. Cause otherwise uh, if, if Dallas doesn't force teams to become one dimensional early in the game, uh, and, and allows uh, you know quarterbacks like Mac Jones, who's doing a great job as a young rookie, but is still a rookie quarterback. You know, allows them to kind of continue a, a balanced game plan. They're going to allow, allow a lot of these teams to hang around a lot longer than they need to. So, uh, you know, the Cowboys can't, can't just rely on the offense to kind of dictate game plans for the opposing team's offense. They have to find a way to, to dictate it themselves. That said, 36 of 51 for 445 and three <laughs> touchdowns for Dak Prescott. I mean, the, the numbers are outrageous. CeeDee Lamb, who wins the game, he goes nine for 149 and two touchdowns. I think the question heading into the bye week for the Cowboys, aside from the injury, and, and there is this injury that crops up for Dak. He's got a calf strain that comes out of this game. We don't really know what the situation is there. But I think the big question now is, can this offense continue to carry them as they have so far this season to a five and one record. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the offense, you know, all throughout this game, it, it definitely felt like the offense was the entity with the largest amount of gravity, right? Like it was the, it was the, the, the entity that was actually dictating everything. And, and once things kind of evened out a little bit and, you know, the refs sort of stepped out of the game a little bit, the Cowboys stepped out of their own way a little bit uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's what ultimately decided this game. And, and I think that that's been, the, the formula for the Cowboys for a long time, you know, years now, uh, and certainly going into the season is having a defense that's good enough, uh, a defense that will create opportunity for the offense. Uh, this is all built for the offense to thrive and score a whole bunch of points on their way to, you know, playoffs beyond. And I think that that's really ultimately what they need to continue to ride is hopefully Dak is, uh, calf is okay. We get on the other side of the bye and he'll be fine. They're going to get Michael Gallup back they're going to continue to try to roll on. They're going to get Leo Collins back eventually too. So, um, you know, they have guys that are going to come in as reinforcements, but ultimately it's going to be about this offense and about scoring points. And then the defense doing just enough to kind of continue to help the offense, get the ball back to score more points. And we couldn't wrap up this weekend without talking about one of the best games that also happened to decide a title. We have a WNBA champion. The Chicago Sky come back from a seven-point deficit with under five minutes to go, and they take down the Phoenix Mercury 80-74. to Joining me now from Locked On Women's Basketball, Erica Ayala. And Erica, we were on the show a couple days ago talking about players with a lot on the line from a legacy standpoint. And I took some heat from some of my, my hardcore uh, WNBA friends saying, we did not talk enough about Candace Parker. She comes home and leads Chicago to their first ever title. Respectfully, I I think we focused on Phoenix, but right now it's time for Chicago. And I'm going to add, in addition to Candace Parker, we also have Allie Quigley and Mm. Courtney Vandersloot. Courtney Vandersloot was drafted to Chicago, played in the last finals against the Phoenix Mercury, and committed with James Wade and a handful of others to stay with Chicago, bring a championship 
to Chicago. Then, of course, her wife, Allie Quigley, raised in Illinois, went to DePaul, played Mm. at the Chicago Sky, now play on the home court where DePaul women's basketball plays, and was able to now bring a championship home. And so that, alongside Candace Parker, Allie Quigley, Candace Parker, some of the fantastic high school talent coming through Illinois, to see that core group be able to bring a title to the Chicago Sky, their first ever title in the 25th season of the mm. WNBA, it's it's storybook. It's absolutely storybook. And we cannot forget about the, the player. We didn't even mention the player who won the MVP of this finals. That's Ka freaking copper edited <laughs> just to keep it nice and PG. But I appreciate Ka that. Copper, Thanks, <laughs> Ka copper was a player that if you've been watching the WNBA for that last handful of seasons, you're not surprised. We'd see this in spurts and she would, she was able to stabilize Chicago offensively in particular for the last handful of years as they were making their playoff run and knocking as James Wade has been saying on that screen door. But now Candace Parker gave them access to turn the knob, open that screen door and knock down fully the front door for their first championship. But Ka Copper did not have her, her greatest game tonight, but it didn't matter because every other night she was on and she was the go-to for the Chicago sky. It was packed in Chicago, despite the fact that it was Packers Bears. We assume that that is going to draw a lot of attention. And yet there were thousands of people that were there to see this guy win this title. I mean, what do you think this says about where this sport, at least in this city, is going? It's not surprising. Mm -hmm. Candace Parker, again, Allie Quigley, Ka freaking Copper, (laughs) and Courtney Vandersloot. That is appointment viewing. And Chicago, everyone from Obama to uh, Mayor Lightfoot, everyone really bought into this team because they understand what it means to back your team regardless of the sport. And they know how important it is to especially back a team that has the opportunity to win a championship on their home court. And we know that that is not something that the Bears are likely to be doing. So there, there is also that. <laughs> Yes, the Bears. There's also that. (laughs) Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen of the day. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked On Bets, download, subscribe wherever you get podcasts free and available on all platforms. Coming up on Tuesday, can Buffalo show they deserve the top spot in our power rankings yet again? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.